1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I
1: keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I focus?
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steel curtain.com with you for our very first post game show of the 2022 NFL preseason. And it was exciting. I'm going to be honest for a week one Mm -hmm. preseason game. It was exciting. The Steelers find a way to win. Final score is uh, 32 to 25 and I, i've never been in that invested in a fourth quarter of a week one preseason game in my life but yeah, here we are uh <laughs> joining me as always the crew that does the post game recaps dave scofield what's up dave
3: oh not much well uh, what do i mean not much a lot a lot this was great <laughs> um loved being able to watch it on nfl network um then i had to go to to one by in the second half i had to go to where i was streaming it and unfortunately i was like four minutes behind. Oh my gosh, it was awful. And so I couldn't, I, I couldn't go on Twitter until there'd be a commercial break. And then I'd have to be careful to not go too far into advance and know what happened. Honestly, I found out that the Steelers scored a touchdown at the end when they hadn't even um they, they hadn't even got the or ran their first offensive play of that drive. I I saw it by trying to edit the knee jerk reaction article when it was already in there that they scored a touchdown and they hadn't even run a play on the drive. So but uh, that sometimes it's nice to know it was just it was great to watch entertaining. um, Lots of great things to take away from it and lots of things to work on. Brian Davis, welcome to the show. What's going
0: on? I'm so glad to be here, fellas. And yeah, Dave is absolutely right. There's a lot of things to work on. You can't get too high from this game, but there's a lot of things to be excited about. Is the hype real? Well, the hype was real tonight. Doesn't mean it's going to continue, but the guys that we couldn't wait to see in action look pretty darn good. And some guys that we didn't know what we were going to know about these guys actually look pretty good too. So I kind of feel... Really excited. I'm going to go to bed feeling happy tonight and optimistic that the Steelers have a future ahead of them.
2: We'll talk about all that and more. I'm going to agree with Dave Schofield. The NFL Plus Package can go kick rocks. I'm trying to tweet like I always do for my followers about what's going on in the game, and someone was like, dude, you might want to get your internet checked. You're like two plays behind. Dave was right. It was more like two minutes behind. It was a a huge lag, really made me mad, but still – I watched it. I didn't do what Dave did. I didn't check Twitter because I wanted to see how the the game ended after the uh, Mark Robinson strip sack of Drew Lock. But we're gonna get into all that in case you are someone that what we're not able to watch the game live. It was exciting, and it was exciting from the start. I want to go into some statistics, and I want to talk about things, but we're not going to do it necessarily the same way as we did in the past with offense and defense. We'll do that in the regular season, but preseason is different. I want to talk first. We have to talk about the quarterbacks first, the quarterbacks guys. So each quarterback, both Trubisky, who started Rudolph, who played the majority of the second, and then obviously Kenny Pickett in the third and fourth. No one threw an interception. Everyone threw at least one touchdown. And let's read you some of those statistics here. Kenny Pickett leads the team in terms of yardage. He was 13 of 15, my over-under on the preview of 20. I wasn't too far off, but still, 13 of 15. I said
3: 16. You're right, yeah.
2: 13 (laughs) of 15 for 95 yards, an average of 6.3. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice. Get a rating of 132.6. Mason Rudolph finishes the day 9 of 15. 93 yards, a 6.2 average, one touchdown. He was sacked once for a 100.1 rating. Mitch Trubisky, who started the game 4 for 7, 63 yards, 9-yard average, one touchdown. No interceptions or sacks for a 126.8 average. As a combined unit, they threw for 224 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, three sacks, but we're only talking about the quarterbacks, not the offensive line. Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Let's start with the starter, Mitch Trubisky. What were your thoughts on Mitch's first start as a stealer? Love that first drive
3: really did. Um, just to see them go and do, do what they need to do. Mixing of the run in the pass, moving it down. Would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of drive. Number two, but um, overall, overall, I don't think Mitch really did anything bad or wrong or anything to, to change our opinion on him. And, and well, in my opinion, that therefore I, it'll be interesting to see how they play out coming out. But I mean, he, he showed that he was more, he wasn't the 2020
2: version of Mitch Trubisky tonight, which was great. There you go. Brian, what were your thoughts on uh Bisky business?
0: You know, I, I thought it's exactly what we were looking for. We were looking for touchdown drive. We were looking for composure. I think he had all of that. He did not look antsy at all. He looked very composed, like I just said, and he looked he looked like a leader out there. And it seemed like the team was unified as far as, you know, believing in the whole system, no matter who the quarterback was out there.
2: I was really, I was really kind of thinking about how this is going to look with Trubisky. I, I like the way it looked. I actually like the way it looked with all the quarterbacks yeah. in terms of the scheme, and something that Kevin Smith, it might have said it on, it might have said it on Let's Ride on Monday last week, or it might have said it on the Here We Go show, which I listened to in its entirety uh, prior to the game. That this Steelers team is going to want to be a perimeter team, and they're going to want to get the ball to the perimeter especially in the passing game, let their receivers do some damage out on the side. And so a lot of people on Twitter were saying, ah, they're not throwing the ball downfield. This is the design of the offense. And I thought Trubisky did a perfect job in his first drive. Like Dave said, second drive wasn't so great. And then it gave way to Mason Rudolph, who, I mean, come on. First, he gets booed when he just goes on the field. Second thing, first pass attempt, that's when he gets the strip sack. Thankfully, the Steelers recovered, but that ends up turning into a beautiful throw and an unbelievable catch by George Pickens in the corner of the end zone for the Steelers' second score of the game. Dave, if you were talking about Mason Rudolph, how do you weigh, uh, weigh in on his performance?
3: With, I like that he persevered. I like that he bounced back from that very first play. I mean, he got the ball stripped from him, got it right back. He was ready to throw it again um, yeah. when he got sacked. Uh Um, so that, that was pretty tough. I'm glad he, he stayed with it. Um, you know, did what he needed to do. Nice, nice throw to Pickens on that. We'll we'll get to him eventually. I'm sure. But I was just, just glad you know, he, he, he could have been rattled by that and he still bounced back and still, uh, took, took care of everything from that point on.
2: Before I throw to Dave, Brian, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you both the same question, Dave, when did you have a different feel? With between Trubisky and Rudolph under center, any difference when you're watching the game? You're like, yeah, it just doesn't feel the right, feel the same, anything like that?
3: Me first or Brian?
2: Dave, and then I'll ask Brian the same Oh,
3: question. okay. Um, Or uh, Brian looked like he was ready to answer, he can go for it. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I, don't, I feel like I've
2: talked a lot. That's yours, Dave.
3: Oh, okay. I, I just – honestly, I really didn't. I just wanted to – I was trying to get a feel for the offensive line more than anything. Um, I, I know the quarterback's important, but you know that's what I'm going to focus on. And I – did they kind of feel like the same kind of guy? Like you you were kind of had the same expectations out there? Um, a little bit. It was nice to see Trubisky take off. I, I think he has a is, – is much more apt to just take off and go with the ball. Um, but overall, I didn't see a huge difference between okay. them.
2: Very good Brian. First your question, the first question is about Mason Rudolph's play in general. What did you think?
0: You know what? I don't understand why people are booing this guy. This is a great problem to have. What did you expect out of Mason Rudolph? Did you want him to suck? If he sucks, that means that you made a mistake years ago. But if you have a guy that has the heart to go ahead in there and continue to fight like Mason Rudolph has always fought, and he's fought through some adversity that was not his fault through his career. And he's been he was stuck behind a future Hall of Famer and he never got a chance. And even when he got a chance, it was because that Hall of Famer was hurt. So now Mason Rudolph is doing what you brought him in here to do and competing for a job. And be happy that you have three quarterbacks that you like the way they played. And to answer your other question, Jeff, I felt like the system was uh I, I felt like the system was kind of the main story here because the system felt different, but the people, the guys they were plugging in didn't feel different to me. They all felt capable to me, they all felt like I felt comfortable with all three of them in there. I I thought that uh Mason was the one guy though that was more susceptible to being picked off because yeah. he came, he came, he okay. came close a couple of times. That doesn't mean he lost this battle, but nobody, I mean, Mason didn't go out and win the battle. Like a lot of people said that he was winning in camp game on.
2: Yeah. That both the, the, start of the first two that they played well, um, but you said Mason Rudolph's always been a little bit more of a risk taker at times. And, but kudos to him, like Dave said, the way to bounce back. at that first play, your first play of, of your shot, in your opinion, and, and he has said this publicly, of, of actually his first real shot of maybe becoming the starting quarterback is a strip sack, thankfully recovered by the Steelers. And he turns it around and he doesn't let it impact him. I did feel a little different with Trubisky. I think it's just a mobility thing. Mason can run, but he's not mobile, if that makes sense. Um, you saw the mobility in Kenny Pickett. We'll talk about him here shortly. And you can see the mobility in Mitch Trubisky too. So uh, I want to get the super chat up here first. This is from Steeler league. Gives us four 99. Thank you very much. He said, I think it never helped that Ben didn't endorse Mason when he was drafted. So the fans want a reason to hate him in terms of the hate. I I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of reasons. It, it It wasn't just Ben, by the way you could chalk it up to Kevin Colbert saying they had a first round grade on him. Uh, that it definitely elevated expectations and it never lived up to it, but still great point by you, Brian, yeah. in terms of the scheme. But, uh, but now, who
3: cares about that now? I don't, care you about know, it right they, now. No, yeah. I'm just, yeah. If, if i I did what say the reason I tried to push that question off to Brian is I wanted to look up something just to make sure I okay. was correct. And that was you know Mason Rudolph his his drive it yes, it owned, it lent it ended in a field goal in a short field goal all the way down this to to the saddle three yard line. But my goodness, his second drive was seventeen plays yeah. and eight minutes and twenty two seconds off the clock that's the kind of that but to be out of those three quarterbacks mason rudolph's the guy that's going to be that kind of guy an well, over eight minute drive for a field goal that, that's, that's just that, that, that's, who he is. that's mason rudolph like <laughs> that's who he that, is. that is who he is he's going to
2: drive down the yeah. field thinking man this is beautiful just punch it in and mm-hmm. they settle for a field goal you go back to 2019 it was the same thing think about yeah. san francisco how they gifted them field position over and over again, field goal, field goal, field goal. So yeah. something to keep your eye on, but let's go to, in my opinion, and maybe this is because it was just the last thing we all saw. It's the it's the most, it's, it's upfront in your brain because we all just witnessed it at the very end of the game. And that's Kenny Pickett's debut with the Pittsburgh Steelers in his debut in Acroshore stadium. Uh, but still Kenny Pickett goes out and I, I will say this, you can talk about him playing against backups. You can talk about him checking the ball down. He didn't seem phased at all. He didn't seem like the the scene the the stage was too big. Dave, what were your thoughts on KP eight?
3: My goodness, it was with two minutes and thirty three seconds left of the game when he finally had his first incompletion. Yeah, yeah, and and it was and it was taken a, a long shot that Coach Tomlin thought was, the um, thought was past interference. I think it was great that Kenny got the one more shot there at the end, but that should have never happened. They should have still been driving. That was an awful spot. And how they do they didn't not even, review? They no
2: review it, like you said. I, yeah. You know,
3: and, and Coach Tomlin can't challenge that play No, because it's inside of two minutes. But that should have been a first down. I would have much rather have seen Kenny Pickett. Go and finish that off. That would have been great. So you're like, oh, man. And then he had, then they, they, you know, they do the bootleg, which I think everyone was kind of expecting. He gets, he gets sacked. They're really close to field goal range and the defense made the play. So we'll get to all that eventually. But my thing is, is I, I feel bad because I kind of feel like the Steelers were cheated out of Kenny Pickett really closing it out. And my goodness, he still got a chance to do it and they did it
2: anyway. Brian, what are your thoughts on KP8? I
0: thought he had ice water in his veins and the things that you described about him were the things that I was going to say, you know, stage wasn't too big, you know, he did not seem scared at all. Yeah. So I'm just repeating what you're saying, but that's nice to know. He was comfortable. He got a great ovation from the beginning when he came in and you had his, the great thing was the fact that Pitt was there. His teammates from Pitt were there. So this guy is, uh, the the city's ready for him, but they're not ready to discount Mitch Trubisky. They're not ready to discount, well, some are a lot are ready to discount Mason Rudolph because of the time, uh, because this is not 2018 and there's a lot of time that's passed. But Kenny Pickett was ready for that. And the most important thing that I thought he did, and I thought Mike Tomlin, brilliant job, whoever called this play, not just a play, but decided to go for two. That was so important to Kenny Pickett and to the Steelers fans and the organization to see what he could do with one play for all the marbles. I know that wasn't for all the marbles, but that was basically fourth and goal from the two. And let's see what you can do. And he completed it.
2: I want to go back and Dave, maybe if you have the, have it on, on your phone about the plays and how much time was left before the touchdown pass to Tyler Vaughn's because it, I felt like they were in field goal range and it would have been really easy for Kenny Pickett to just kind of kneel it or spike it get, bring the field goal unit out. And next thing you know, he's hurrying them up to the line and they're running a play. Do you have that in front of you, Dave or now?
3: Yeah. I, yeah. Hold on. I, I'm trying to get up here. Um, What it was, was when he scrambled, he took that snap with 33 seconds left. Well, first, right. First of all, they had one with, time um,
1: still.
3: yeah, with with fifty six seconds on third and one, they 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 ran, you know, they they ran up the middle. Um, then with thirty three, they they snap it and he scrambles for the eight. Then the the last one, they snap it with twelve seconds on the one that was a touchdown that ended up scoring with with three seconds left. So they were and they were at the Seattle when he snapped that one where he went for the touchdown, they were at the 24. So he, he when he scrambled, he, yeah. he put them well in the field goal range. And there would have been time um, where they could have – yeah, and like you said, after that scramble, they could have just went and stopped and waited and and everything and, and called the timeout yeah. and kicked the field goal um, with three seconds left. But they didn't do that.
2: Yeah, and I saw him run the middle. and am thinking, up oh, there's the field goal. Game over. He'll he'll just spike it, and they'll bring the field goal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, he's running a play. Holy cow, they scored a touchdown. All right, this is great. Hey, but I- that,
3: that wasn't a touchdown scoring play that they ran, if you think about it. I mean, it wasn't like they were taking the shot into the end zone. He just got the extra yards to the receiver on the outside <laughs> to make it an easier field goal, which was a really smart play.
2: Yeah. And the and receiver just shook up the
3: defender yeah, right. and
2: dove into the end zone. Yeah, so yeah, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. it was a good throw. It was a good route by the uh, by Tyler Vaughn's, and then he obviously makes a man miss. It was exciting. It was really exciting to see that the team get that other, that extra shot. We'll talk about the defense here shortly, and I don't want to spend the entire podcast on the offensive and the the quarterbacks in general. But I'll ask you guys one last question before we move on to other positions, and that is, after seeing the three quarterbacks play the way they did at Acro Shore Stadium uh, in, in Pittsburgh. Would you change anything about how they approach the Jacksonville game next week in terms of the order of operations? Dave, we'll start with you.
3: Yeah. I I don't think you want to see Kenny Pickett going up against the threes all the time unless you have completely decided that he is not going to be the guy for the for the the first portion of the season if you've already made that decision and you're just gonna run up against threes and let him keep keep getting his 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 plays in on them then that's other than that to me I, I have a feeling I would start Mason Rudolph the next game on the road um and go with and go with Kenny Pickett and you know let Mitch go out with the threes. I don't know that that's what they're gonna do but yeah. I would rotate all three of them through Um, just to, just to see how it goes, just to give them all, if nothing else, you're eventually going to need to get Kenny Pickett out there with the number one receivers and the number one offensive line, whether it be that hits in the second quarter and those guys are playing longer, but at one of these next two games, they, you just got to do it just to, just to give each one the chance to, to, to show what they're going to do. It's going to be tricky. I'm not sure exactly how they'll do
2: it. Brian, what, what do you think about that heading into week two?
3: You know.
0: I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky trot out with the first team. He just did; he had his opportunity, he he made everything of the opportunity, and now it's somebody else's turn. I would love to see Kenny Pickett go against the uh, the first team because in the third game, your starter is probably going to start that third game because this is a new formula, so it's probably going to be Trubisky again. I I think I think that that plan is already set in stone and this, and there's a lot of other things that they are going to be doing, doing here. They're, uh, they're trying to, it's like positioning to see who's going to be number two, who's number three. It's positioning to see if, uh, if somebody gains interest from another team, whether you, uh, whether you want to move Mason away or not, whether it's smart to move him or not, but they're looking at, so many different options here. So I think Mason should probably start. I'd love to see Kenny do it, but Mason, you know, has his opportunity to start. Um Trubisky. I don't even know if you play Trubisky at all.
3: I just was thinking and, of that. I think you're right, Brian,
0: because he went up against the twos. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, see what you got. You might even see, I, I don't know. You might even see a little bit of Oladokun in the fourth quarter next week too. Just to just
3: to give him something, go yeah. with those three and sit and and just leave Mitch out, knowing you're going to give him probably the entire first half week three. That is a pretty good formula. I have to admit.
2: We'll see. It'll be something to talk about definitely. We'll be covering that here at the Behind the Steel Curtain website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, as well as our podcast platform and our network so make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts we're so much more than what you see on youtube and facebook i want to go to this super chat here from steel dog 88 gave us five dollars thank you very much for the tip steel dog he says i know it's early but i'm calling it Najee harris anthony mcfarland and jalen warren at running back barring injury by the way i like what canada was doing let's talk about those running backs shall we steelers actually ran the ball pretty well uh combined 185 yards on 27 carries for a 6.9 average. Now it should be noted that Steven Sims had one carry for 38, but even though that is 38 yards of that chunk, Anthony McFarlane rushes seven times for 56 yards, had a 24 yard long mentioned Sims, 38 yard run Jalen Warren, six rushes for 34 master Teague six for 31 KP eight, three for 16 Trubisky had one for four, Mateo Durant two for four, and even Tyler Sneed one for two again, 27 total carries 185 total yards a 6.9 average zero touchdowns and a long of 38 so let's talk about the Steelers running game for Dave what were your thoughts on that
3: well it was really encouraging with the exception of Mateo Durant to see these running backs yeah. all average over five yards a carry that's nice that's that's really nice. I I have to admit. So overall I was I was happy with it. I was happy especially with the first offensive line in their run blocking, not as much in their pass blocking, but I thought I really liked their run blocking. I I felt early you saw the entire offensive line where the offensive and defensive line come together. It was moving a yard to two yards in the Steelers' favor when they were running the football. That's what I wanted to see because now if you see all those guys running like that, imagine if it's Najee Harris now. Because to me, that that just shows that pretty much everyone did, except for the one guy that only got two carries, that everyone had over a five-yard average. That tells me you put Najee Harris back there and he's just going to be in a better situation. Agreed. Brian, what were your thoughts on the running game?
0: I was glad to see them opening holes because if they're going to open holes for a guy like Jalen Warren, a guy like Master Teague, they're going to be able to open huge holes. Even if they open smaller holes for Najee Harris, he's going to burst right through them. So like Dave said, you know, he's going to have an advantage because he's a superstar. But knowing that you have those guys behind him and knowing that you had Jalen Warren show out in the first quarter as well. I mean, he played a good bit and knowing that you know right away with the first team that he was getting he was getting free and doing well, he wasn't beating up on third and fourth string guys. Now, at the end, I mean, you know, in in the uh, third quarter, yeah, he was. But when he's still doing it in the first that makes you excited about something. So I mentioned I saw somebody mention something about Benny Snell. yeah, I, I think someone like Benny Snell's in trouble here. I think McFarland did I mean McFarland started the game and looked pretty good in the first quarter too. Uh, they both had they both had some time with that first team. but McFarland I, I'm comfortable with him as well. but the one thing that that I I noticed more than anything was the fact that, Matt Canada's fingerprints were on everything and it looked different and they seem to have embraced it.
2: All right. Real real quick rapid fire question for both of you, Dave, how many running backs do you think they keep running backs? We're not counting fullbacks. How many running backs do they keep on the roster this year? In your opinion,
3: I think they got to go with only three. I know they've done
2: four. I think they're going to go three because they need to keep another wide receiver. Okay. Brian, same question. Three. All right. This makes it difficult. And I'm going to, I, I want to make sure that I say this properly. And I'll have to go back and check, but I'm pretty sure after Jalen Warren had this touchdown reception, so he catches the Kenny Pickett pass, gets over the line, and hits, it's, good, it's a good touchdown. I want to say on the following kickoff, he made the tackle on special teams. And they said, Jalen Warren on the tackle, I was like, wait a second. He's making special teams tackles and he's scoring touchdowns and he's running the ball well. What do we always say about Benny Snell? His spot's safe because of what? He plays special teams. Jalen Warren can do that. I'm sorry. Now you have a now you have a different beast here. It's a different battle. Benny Snell better heal up real quick. Because if you give this guy more time to play, Dave, what do you want to say? Go for it.
3: I want to go back and watch the game again to see that
2: because he they did were me- a tackle. I just didn't know was no, right after the touchdown.
3: But I'll be honest with you, they were messing up stuff. Like crazy is the announcers. They were they were complimenting <laughs> Master Teague for a great block when it was Mateo Durant there towards the yes, end. Yes, that
2: was good. Um, Jalen Warren th- was credited with a total with with a solo tackle.
3: Okay, that's one thing I wanted to check because there's two number thirties. That's why yeah. Yeah. because it, that can be confusing when there's two number thirties because the other one is Carlin's Platel, the defensive back. So Jalen yeah, Warren is a different, a
2: different body build. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. And I, and I didn't notice that and I didn't want to just trust their names, but that's one thing I will remind people is, is there could, when they're, especially when you're dealing with a player that had with players that have multiple numbers, not one player with multiple numbers, yeah. multiple numbers or a number used by multiple players, it's easy for them to have gotten that wrong on special teams. Cause you're never really sure which guy was. I, ahead, I just gotta jump in real quick. Sure. I,
0: I think this is funny and I'm correcting Dave for something he he does not need corrected for. But okay. if you listen to Bill Hillgrove, it was Master's Teague. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <The entire time. laughs> it was like
2: the whole time it was Master's Teague. And oh. I was laughing. I'm like, oh
0: Bill's uh, Bill's in rare form. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: I have to be honest, since I since he was signed and I wrote the article for the site when he was signed, all I can think of every time I hear his name is Master P. I'm not yeah, sure Nicole, yeah. the rapper from the 90s, yep. early 2000s, like Master P. I mean, it's Master Teague. So I'm sure that at some point I'll probably say that. Uh, but still, I'm going to be honest here. Everyone's talking about Master Teague running hard. He did. Jalen Warren looking good, both in special teams, catching the ball at the backfield, running hard. I was so, my, so impressed with Anthony McFarland. Uh, here's a guy that, if he can stay healthy for the first time since I've been covering this guy and he was drafted out of Maryland. He showed some of that explosiveness that everyone was so excited about when they drafted him out of Maryland. I mean, when he was drafted out of Maryland, what did everyone watch? Oh my gosh. When he tore up Ohio state, everyone's like, look at this guy, look at this guy, look at the speed, look at him, get to the edge. And we never really saw it. I saw it for the first time tonight, but the question is still, and I'm knocking on wood for those that are superstitious, can he stay healthy? That's the biggest question. Can he stay healthy? If he can stay healthy, then I'm all on board with the naji harris anthony mcfarlane and jalen warren trio of backs and i think that would be good enough so um okay mentioned jalen warren catching a pass so let's talk about the receivers a little bit uh receiving steelers through for a total of 251 yards they had a lot of people get targets and actually have catches in this game gunner Olszewski had three catches for 47 and a touchdown. Uh, George Pickens, three for 43. Tyler Vaughn's two and for 32. In a touchdown. Yep, Tyler Vaughn's two for 32. In a touchdown, Jalen Warren, four for 30. In a touchdown, Connor Hayward had two nice grabs for 24. Jay Sternberger, uh, two for 20. Miles Boykin, two for 17. Cody White, three for 13. I could go on and on. Gentlemen, before we get started, and before we talk about receivers, hold on. Uh-oh. Uh, we're getting. Uh Oh, it's coming back. (laughs) The triumph return. Okay. Now I feel like I'm more equipped to talk about the receivers since I put the hood back on. All right. George Pickens. My gosh, George Pickens. What do you guys think about this guy? I don't know what to think about this guy. He's He's like a combination of Martavis Bryant with the attitude of a young Antonio Brown. He's doing the Antonio Brown dance and stuff. A lot of people didn't like that on social media, by the way. But, Dave, I just want to talk about Pickens first. What were your thoughts on George Pickens?
3: Wow. That was my (laughs) thoughts on George Pickens. No, it's not just that. He did it with the ones it's not like George yeah. Pickens went out there and it was towards the end of the second quarter, the second half. No, he was out there running with the ones. And then he was done. He was, he was the guy. And that's why, you know, you've been hearing a lot of hype with him from, from the national media. Now, Oh, this guy really should have been the best wide receiver in the draft. And yet and what, what's he doing now? And now everyone wants to start hyping him up, but that he just he, it just seemed different. It just felt different every time the ball was thrown to him. Now he had the one long throw that you know it was it was off a little bit, the one that Mason Rudolph aired out down the yeah. sidelines. Um, I mean, if he could have adjusted and, and done something with that as well, I don't know that we could have talked about anything other than George Pickens in this entire post game show. But I the fact that he's not just some guy that's out there and has got to work his way up. He's out there with the ones catching touchdowns, making plays. Very first reception went to him.
2: Love it, yeah. Brian George Pickens talk, go for it. Okay, let's talk about
0: Kenny Pickett first. Remember, you said that the stage wasn't too big for him. Yes, my gosh, the moon is not too big a stage for George Pickens. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy has the swagger, he not only does he have the swagger, he, I mean. The confidence goes along with the swagger. He has the look of a superstar. He has the ability of a superstar. I just, man, I, I'm just afraid of that bullseye. I'm going to probably say this, and I don't want it. I, I don't want him to be the, the odds on favorite front runner, but they're going to be talking about him as a top five candidate for offensive rookie of the year already because of this performance and what you saw against the ones like Dave's Dave said there is so much hype on this guy but he lived up to the hype i i really i really think he's on another plane i mean wow he got injured last year he worked his way back he got injured in the spring worked himself way back played in the championship game had a big catch in the championship game as well fell under the radar because he was damaged good. So I'll put the air quotes up. But, you know, he w- that was just a huge gain for the Steelers. And they uh, they did something that we always get mad that the Ravens do. And the Ravens did it again this year with Ojabo. But they get that guy that falls and he's a superstar because people are just afraid of him. They weren't afraid of this guy this year and they saw something and it all goes back to that Georgia Pro Day when Mike Tomlin, with all those defensive stars at Georgia and all those other players at Georgia, is running routes with George Pickens. I mean, we should have known then that he was a shoe in to go number two if he was there.
2: Throw in the super chat here by Blake. Uh, I think it's literal. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. It's $1.99. He says, hey, This was a question, I guess, to Tomlin after the game tonight. Are you surprised by Pickens' play? His answer, no. (laughs) No, he's not. I mean, George Pickens is is a different beast, and I'm going to be honest with you all. If we're talking about the rest of this preseason, if he's going to be doing that type of stuff, I don't need to see him that much. I I really don't. Uh, You have a ton of wide receivers that can get repetitions, whether it's someone like you know Cody White, uh, Tyler Vaughn's, Christian Blake, I think is the guy they just signed, George Pickens, if he's that if he's gonna be that impressive, and I'm not saying he is guaranteed to be that impressive. Well, he's gonna be really special, but still it's something to think about as they move forward with how they handle the receivers and the playing time. But let's talk about the other receivers. Did anyone else uh anyone else come to mind? I know that speed came to my mind. These receivers are very, very quick, very fast, and then they're not all gonna make the team. But Dave, what were your thoughts on the rest of the receivers? Not named George Pickens
3: it looked like they actually signed Gunner O to play wide receiver. I mean, he was out there doing stuff and I, I think all the receivers did well. I mean, th- the only one that I felt that didn't really stand out much was, was Cody white. I thought maybe he would get more playing time early and his chances came late. Um, honestly, when, when you want to talk, I'm sure Jeff's is still going to be doing his winners and losers, the mm-hmm. biggest losers are the wide receivers that weren't able to play because of everything. I mean, almost all the offensive players that weren't able to play because I felt like the offense was doing well. I mean, they put up 32 points. That that they played well enough that that um, that that they're going to have to overcome a lot now. The you know Anthony Miller, Calvin Austin III. the third, but I just thought overall, when they were given their opportunity, the wide receivers were were
2: were making their plays. Brian, what were your thoughts on the other receivers?
0: Remember Antoine Randall L. T-shirts. L. Yeah. Well, Gunner. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm thinking of the Kool Aid Man, and uh, even though Kool Aid Man was fat and Gunner's a little guy, but man, he just he just looked right out there. I mean, he's he's Ryan Switzer, and he can move. You know, I mean, he's better than Ryan Switzer. He's a better version of Ryan Switzer. And he's, uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, I'm seeing on the live chat, Wes Welker. He's, I mean, yeah, he could be that kind of guy, but he looked right out there. He looked like, uh, I mean, looked like he belonged and he was playing against the first team as well out there. I I like that. I, I like the entire look of that. I like Boykin. I thought, and yep. Boy, Boykin, it's, you know he's a uh, he's a special teamer too so he really showed off steven sims looked pretty good cody white i'd probably put him just on the bottom um of who we saw out there tyler Vaughn's, i mean you know he had the 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 touchdown but i i don't think he's got a chance with cuz it's it's so front loaded there is so much there um i'm just really i'm so excited the the big disappointment for me, is a guy that I didn't see. I, you could tell me that he maybe he wasn't, maybe he was a scratch. I don't know. I didn't see number seventeen. I didn't see Anthony Miller at all. He has a shoulder yeah. injury. Okay, he has a shoulder so, injury. Uh, I missed that, so that's why I was asking first. Um, you know, that's that hurts because there's a guy that can really, I mean, th- they're loaded at wide receiver. There's a lot of options for number five. And now with Gunner O in there, I don't, with everything else he brings you, I don't know why he would be unsafe.
2: For me, the, you know, Mike Tomlin always says this, one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity. You could say mm-hmm. that about Jalen Warren. Uh, and I think in this case, you could say that about Steven Sims. Anthony Miller was probably going to be with the ones, probably returning that opening kickoff, returning punts, and he couldn't play shoulder injury. I'm not sure if it occurred in practice on Thursday or when it happened, but Steven Sims, you want to talk about taking advantage of an opportunity. Remember he had that one run for 38 yards punt return. Uh, he had the one for 38 yards, which is a really nice play made a guy miss and was able to really turn it on. Uh, you, No, he didn't catch a ton of passes. Steven Sims uh, didn't. He had one for two yards, but he made plays. He was noticeable on the field. it's, It's now he's now in my, in my opinion, he's injected his name into the conversation. When you're talking about those wide receivers that might be on the fringe, and make the team or not. I, I thought that Steven Sims did that, so I want to give him some credit. Mm-hmm. Let's finish the offense here with the offensive line. Mike Tomlin said in the post-game press conference he was not happy with pass protection, thought the quarterbacks got hit too much. They only surrendered three sacks total. One of those sacks was that Kenny Pickett roll out on fourth down that he ends up getting tracked down from behind. But there were a lot of hits that, you know, just quarterback hits. If I look it up quickly, quarterback hits Seattle had – Seven. Oops. Seven quarterbacks. I, yeah. yep, I was looking that up so, for you as well. Dave, you have uh, you always have your eyes on the offensive line. What were your thoughts?
3: I was trying to have my eyes on the offensive line, but I uh, had other things that were that had to distract me throughout the game. I was I, I that's what I'm going to really try to dissect when I go back and watch the game again, is the offensive line. I the biggest thing that I say say that I already saw was the surge on the run game. I thought they did well, in run blocking, I thought they struggled as a unit in pass blocking. Um, I'm not sure. Like, it looked bad, like it was James Daniels that messed up that one that the guy came through, should have had Trubisky. Trubisky shakes him off and runs for four yards. I got to go back and look at that play again to see if that was really, really Daniels that messed it up or if he was trying to cover where somebody else messed up. It, it, I don't know right now. But there was some plays where it seemed like – it things that shouldn't have happened ended up happening um they can sure up the pass protection i am like i am encouraged by the improvement on the run blocking
2: brian thoughts on the offensive line
0: you know what i i didn't see enough i know i was alarmed uh, when i saw number 78 and he got the blame He said, Oh, number 78 and they didn't say his name and i because i guess it was batch who said it and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I think that's Daniels. And I even went to look it up just to make sure that I wasn't mistaken. And I, I'm like, Dave, I kind of want to go back and look at that again. You know, I like the idea that they were able to run the ball, and that just seemed like something they were not able to do last year. You know, pass protection's huge. We know that. But that was something that uh, was not a huge concern last year. Quarterbacks are going to take hits. I get that they got to clean it up, but I don't think it's ready to where we should be ready for the Steelers to, you know, fire up that panic alarm yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, week one and and you have to remember Kevin Dotson still not in there. So Kendrick Green got a good opportunity to put some tape out there of what he can do at left guard. Hopefully Dotson can be back for next week so he can put his tape out there and see what that looks like if it's any different the tackles Dan Moore and shoots a core for it. I didn't feel like it was horrible. There were a lot of people, some that are beat reporters for the Steelers were really bashing the offensive line. I didn't think it was that bad when they ran the ball. Like you all have said, they, they were able to successfully move it uh, Pass protection. I think there's going to be some pickups from time to time, but you know, you have mobile quarterbacks and that's a benefit of having mobile quarterbacks. And I would assume that Matt Canada, when the regular season rolls around would start to design plays to help alleviate some of the pressure off the offensive line. So, but still, I I gotta be honest. I I, I thought that offensively, this was a pretty good effort for the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one of the preseason. Let's go to the defensive side. Uh, the defense, we'll talk about the, well, let's talk about the rush defense. First, uh, Seattle finishes the game, 26 total carries for 159 yards, a 6.1 average, One touchdown and an 18-yard long run. DJ Dallas had 10 carries for 73 yards. Travis Homer four for 41, and they had a bunch underneath that. So I know that in case people didn't watch the game live, there was no Cam Hayward. There was no Tyson Alualu. Pretty sure Larry Ogunjobi did not play. Am I correct in that? I don't know. I don't think he did, or Tyson
3: Alualu either. No, I know Tyson didn't. I think he said that.
2: TJ Watt did not play. Alex Alex Highsmith did not play. (laughs) So when we're talking about the front, I think I just named Montrevious Adams did not play with the ankle. So uh, when I'm talking about the front, I could have just named the entire front. So (laughs) keep that in mind before we freak out here. Uh, But still, there were still backups in there that had starting repetitions under their belts. People like Chris Wormley, Isaiah Loudermilk. So Dave, what were your thoughts on the run defense?
3: The run defense was missing people. Obviously, to me, the run defense was more about the was as much about the linebacker play as anything. Um, I there was a huge difference when Miles Jack was on the field when he wasn't. Yes. Um, and I, I think it it showed in the run game and everything else because if you look, um, I, I was trying. Shoot, it didn't work on me. I was trying to figure out the statistics in the just in the first quarter for 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 running and I'm not able to bring them up right now because it's not working properly. Um but it didn't feel like that Seattle really started to run the ball super effectively until the second quarter and on. So that's one of the things that I would look at. So if you want to take anything positive out of it that's that's where you look for it. Other than that, there really wasn't anything positive to talk about when it came to stopping the run.
2: Brian, thoughts on the rush defense?
0: Well, first and foremost, this is the number one thing that I was thinking watching this game, that preseason is really meant for the offense to shine more than the defense, especially that first preseason game when a lot of these guys are out of there. It is so much easier for a running back even if it's a third or fourth string running back to look better than a fourth i mean a second third or fourth string defender because it, it it's just so much easier it seems to me now i really did not think that there was too much to be concerned about because of the guys that weren't in there you know for me the the media the the local media the beat writers They are searching for something to scare us with something to say, we need to be concerned about. We always need to have that bad guy. After Deontay Johnson signed his contract, we need a new bad guy. And it's uh, now that the new bad guy is, is a Devin Bush because he's the bad guy because he's the guy you've got to be concerned with. And everybody's ready to run him out of town. I want to give him a full preseason. And, but, I agree with Dave, Miles, Jack. It looked so much better when he was in there. He he seems to be the man on that defense as far as linebackers go, on the inside, and he seems like he's going to uh, control the narrative when it comes to the run. I'm not I'm not concerned because when I look at this entire game, guys, I find it hard to find something to be too concerned with. Of course, there's concerns, but too concerned. Nah, first preseason game, knocking off the rust. Yeah, they look pretty good.
2: Yeah, rush defense. And Sean Manahan gave us two dollars. I'll put this tip uh, in the tip jar. <laughs> uh, two bucks. Thank you, Sean. Run defense has to be better, but no starters on the D line. Yeah, there is that caveat there, and people will always say, Well, that's an excuse and that's a crutch. And I get it, but at the same time, that's you hope that your backups can go in and put up a fair fight, and I think they did it some in some instances, but they were missing a lot of people. Alfred gave us another dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Says can't evaluate Bush without the first defense period. Uh, I, I have to be honest; I did not notice Devin Bush as much as some people did, or say that they did. Uh, some people were saying he was awful. I thought Miles Jack was noticeable. You know, sometimes when you're watching these games, the preseason games, if they really pop on the screen miles jack popped i could see him and so i thought he played well i don't think he played a ton uh but let me see here for his stats uh miles jack had two tackles he was registered two tackles so uh take that for what it's worth let's go to the pass. i was gonna say can i say
3: one thing because this is a transition to the pass defense for sure although he left with with the possible shoulder but then wasn't mentioned at the end wasn't it nice to see a Witherspoon doing a nice job mm. in run defense? Oh, he yeah, jet sweep. And then the play was a run play up the middle, ended up not being for a huge game. But he came in and, and got involved in that. And that's made the stop that's one. that's that's what yeah, when he got hurt. So that was encouraging because that was it, that was one of his biggest problems last year. He really needed to improve
2: on that. So, um. That That's a positive. I had to tweet at Jeffrey Benedict and said, Akello Witherspoon, I think he gave him the middle finger because Jeffrey was at the game because he said, hey, did you see that tackle when he made that tackle? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and then Jeffrey responded <laughs> and then he hurt himself. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but no, let's talk about the uh, the pass defense. Uh, when Geno Smith was in the game and, you know, think about where who's playing when. Geno Smith was 10 for 15 for only 101 yards average. Uh, They were sacked once with an 85.7 rating, just never got into a rhythm. When Drew Locke came in in the second half, again, consider who he's playing against. 11 of 15, only 102. It just looked like they moved the ball so much better. He had a rating of 131.1. When I look at the minutia of the pass defense in terms of passes defensed, the Steelers finished with four. Isaiah Loudermilk got his paws on one. Uh, Trey Norwood had two, James Pierre credited with one. So, gentlemen, what did you think about the pass defense in this game? Dave, we'll start with you. Yeah,
3: if you would have told me they had four passes defense, that's how I would have broke it down. I wasn't sure if there was any other. Because, um, yeah, I, I remembered, you know, one at, the, one at the line, Pierre had a nice one. I know Norwood got in on a couple. Uh, I thought the pass defense overall was better than the run defense, just like it was last year. I'm not saying that it was – Lockdown, shut down. Uh Coach Tomlin said it great in his press conference that he said the communication among the secondary was great early on. He was saying specifically cornerbacks because he was asked about them, but it wasn't there. It, it wasn't great as the game went on and those other players came in, and that was part of their problem. Um I was I was happy with the pass defense. I would have liked to have seen because we're gonna throw it in. Are you talking are you including the pass rush with this?
2: We, are we can, gonna do or I could do that separate. Let's it do it separate.
3: Okay, we'll do it separate then. So, yeah, okay. overall, I, I I thought it was – I mean, and this is with no Mick and Fitzpatrick. I thought that they uh, did a nice
2: job with that early group. Okay, Brian, what are your thoughts on the pass rush? I'm sorry, geez, Dave's got me on this. <laughs> the pass defense. There we yeah. go. You know what?
0: Trey Norwood, why have we been overlooking this guy? I, I really, I mean, from the beginning, I was seeing 21 all over the place. I, you know, it was, it was like, uh, when you're on the strip in Vegas and they're trying to give you those little cards for, uh, for strippers, you know, <laughs> where they're everywhere. That's where Trey Norwood was. He was in your face and he was all over the place. And I, I gotta tell you, I was really excited to see that. Demont KZ. I think he went out with a concussion. I'm not sure. I did they say? I think they, he was
3: evaluated, but I don't. But he had his helmet when he came it was, out of the. It was one of those supported.
2: things where the NFL officials can tell a player that they have to leave for evaluation, and that's what it was. It doesn't okay. mean he had one, but he had to yeah. go and get evaluated. So,
0: well, Levi Wallace and KZ, I thought they showed up on a couple plays, and but there was nothing egregious. There was nothing to say. Oh my gosh, we are in trouble. There's no there. There was nothing for me to say. Oh gosh, let's get Joe Hayden in here stat. Yeah. You know, I I just really thought that this entire game, and this is my theme for it. I'm not trying to be a homer and over, and just overexcited excited for this and over optimistic, but I just think that we're searching for fans because we're snake bitten for something to be wrong, and I think they're following progressions and this is the first preseason game one that I felt pretty good in a long time you know because a lot of them are squeakers a lot of them are you know you're just like eh, okay they won eh, winning doesn't matter but yeah they've got a lot to work on yeah of course they've got stuff to work on they're going to continue they're always going to have stuff to work on but you know I really like the defense in this game because when they had to come up on third down they came out pretty big. I think what was the the final stat was maybe six for fourteen on
3: uh, on third down at um, Ooh, something like that. I got that. that. I had that here. Um, oh wait, that was for
2: I uh, that was it up here. Hold no,
3: on. no, I have it right here on third down. You mean the, how the defense did? Yeah, it was third five, down. It was five of eleven.
0: Okay, so I'm off a little bit, but you yeah. know that's still under fifty. They're keeping yes. them under fifty percent on that. I just thought the one word that I'll describe the the uh, pass defense. I thought they were flying, and one guy I did not mention, Arthur Millette. he looked pretty good. Now, I mean, there was one play where he got beat, but there was nothing where I was like, "Oh gosh, we're once again." Let's let's get that list out and pull out some feelers and see who we could bring in.
2: Yeah, it's the, the the secondary. I was really interested to see how they had everyone lined up as the starters. And Cam Sutton on the outside, Akella Witherspoon on the outside, and Arthur Mallette was in the slot. And then they bring in Levi Wallace. Uh, really interesting what they're going to do there. They, they have a lot of options, a lot of versatility. Uh, I do have a better feel for Cam Sutton this year. I feel like he's going to have a better season. His expectations this year, he knows what he's doing. I mean, Mike Tomlin's pumped this guy up as one of the smartest players he's ever been around. So uh he's in the final year of his current contract. So it would be interesting to see what happens in that regard. Now, Dave did say he wanted to talk about the pass rush separately. So here's what the Steelers finished. They finished with three sacks. Mark Robinson had the big sack. That was the strip sack, which was recovered by 2 skipper. Henry Mondo had one on Geno Smith. And I, gosh, this name, Hamilcar Rashad Jr. Yep, um, ha-
3: ha- Hamilcar Rashad.
2: There you Just go. He reject. had a sack. So and there, there you go. And then tackles for, or sorry, quarterback hits for obviously Four. Robinson, Mondo, Leal was credited with one, and then Rashad as well. So, uh, what did you all think of the pass rush, Dave? We'll start with you.
3: Yeah, I would have liked to see more quarterback hits. Um, I know. I mean, Gino Smith isn't the easiest guy to hit either. I mean, it's not like he's standing back there not moving like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, speaking of which, did you hear them say Ben Roethlisberger all the entire broadcast? I think once I don't remember hearing it at all, but the other thing was I I, I heard each, each announcer at one different time accidentally call it Heinz field. Yep, so we had too. more <laughs> Heinz field than we had Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. So I'll just throw that out there. But, um, boy, boy, I really got off topic quick there. I, that was almost as bad as bad there. Um, I would have really liked to have seen a little bit more pressure on the quarterback, but at the same time, I mean, look how, how many how many passing attempts did they have? They had 30 passing attempts to to 26 rushing attempts. They almost had a I mean, they were getting close to that 50-50 split. So that, that that's a little bit tricky. I if the oh man, DeMarvin Leal had a great play in the second quarter where he got through fast. But he couldn't finish on Geno Smith. It was on third down, and it was the, their first third down conversion of the game. And he couldn't he couldn't bring him down. I thought he was held right off the bat, but they didn't they didn't call hardly any penalties except the very first play. Um, and then and then that actually ended up leading to a touchdown later. And it just goes to show how you know one bare one barely miss on a third down and it completely changes everything. I would have liked to have seen them at least get a little bit more pressure, but you had no Cam Hayward. You had no TJ Watt. You had no, you know, it was
2: who it was for who was out there. Brian thoughts on the pass rush.
0: I thought like Dave said that we could have seen more out of them and you're going to, you know, once again, look, who's out there. You, I mean, I know who look, who's out there on the other side too, but I, you know, I, I thought all looked really fast there, you know, mm-hmm. and other guys got in there too. You know, the, you have those quarterback hits. You know, really, for me, I I just thought where they were and where they're starting is head and shoulders starting better than they, they did in past years, including the pass rush. Now, we've seen a lot of uh, – we're kind of – we're kind of spoiled because we had the Tuzar Skippers and the Ulysses Gilbert, the thirds that just went crazy in the uh in the fourth quarters of these preseason games in the last couple of years, and uh even last year with uh Jones, too. Um, you know, you had these guys just going nuts, flying all over the field. You didn't see that in this game, but when it counted, Mark Robinson got in there fast. Stuck somebody, and that's the guy everybody wants to see. You don't want to see a bubble guy. And, you know, some might say that Mark Robinson is a bubble guy. I mean, I I don't. I mean, he's a draft pick. You don't want to see a guy that's a, uh, you know, an undrafted free agent that's been on three different teams making those plays. You want to see a guy that you invested a pick in and making that play and feel really good about him because you heard some hype in – preseason that this guy's going to be really good miles jack said it too and you saw him do it so there's a lot of hope when you get that big play when it counts because all seattle did they didn't have that far to go to get in field goal range and win that game
2: it's good to see a timely play sometimes it's just you got to win those timely plays and i always bring it up every year multiple times it's an old joe gibbs quote there's a football game can be boiled down Mm -hmm. to like Five or six plays. You just have to win those plays. The Steelers won one of those plays, and it set up the win. And Coach
3: Tomlin specifically called that situational splash. There you go. As you know, coming up with the big play in that moment. But I will tell you, that wasn't the hardest hit of the night.
2: What do you think the hardest hit of the night was? The personal foul on the sideline. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) no. 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 The (laughs)
3: hardest hit to me. Was the play that ended the game when they were doing the laterals.
2: Oh, yeah. That was Khalil uh, Davis. Davis. (laughs) He got him. That was was a pretty good one. (laughs) He got him. He lined him up. He got him good. Oh, boy. Okay, let's talk one last thing before we call it a show. I want to talk about the coaching staff, but mainly the coordinators. And you think about it. We had Terrell Austin first time as calling defensive plays for the Steelers. Defense. You had Matt Canada, which while he was there last season, we could all be honest that it was not the same personnel that he would want. So, Dave, what are your thoughts on the coordinators? You can go either way. It doesn't matter.
3: Um, I thought they – can I ask you guys a question? Did it uh, seem sorry. like they were running a little bit more Canada-esque stuff with Kenny Pickett than they did with the other two?
2: I noticed with Pickett there was more tempo. In my yeah. opinion, they, they okay. weren't, that might've been what it was. They were not taking the full 25 seconds to get the play in, make sure they substitute. It seemed like they had their package ready to go and they were going to get in there and let's run a play. But I, that could just be me and my excitement for watching Kenny Piggins. But I, I, mean,
3: <laughs> I mean, with, with both coordinators, basically going with, you know, the word that we use early on in the preseason, very vanilla, stuff of what they would like to do. I thought that the coordinators um did all right with with the with what they were dealing with. Specifically Matt, I mean the defense, all you're really doing out there in the especially the first preseason game, is making sure you're having the packages you want out there and you're just hoping the guys make plays. That's what kind of makes it disappointing with the run defense. It's not like they were running fancy schemes or anything that they're that you're going to see during the regular season, they're just out there asking guys to make plays. And there was times where they weren't making plays in the run game. So, but I don't put anything with the coordinator there really did like to, like seeing the offense put up 32 points, even though it was a preseason game.
2: Yeah. Good point. Brian coordinators. What do you think? They put stamps on everything.
0: This, I mean, this was to me definitively them calling out both Matt Canada and Terrell Austin, with an assist, I know you got to throw in the assist there to Brian Flores as well. That there are new sheriffs in town, and this is a new game. This is a new brand of Steelers offense. This is a new brand of Steelers defense, and it just seemed different all the way around. It just didn't seem ho hum to me on defense. I know you mentioned uh, watered down. You mentioned vanilla. You know I get that, but it just seemed like there was more intensity even though it was vanilla. And I just really think they were looking to establish a line in the sand on how good they can be and say that this is that the bar is going to be raised and the bar is going to be different. This is not Randyland. This is not the way it was with, with Ben. This wasn't old Ben at the end. So right now there's no country for old Ben and I get it. So I, it's just saying this is a new beginning and those guys are looking for a new beginning with no excuses. There's finally nobody on either side saying that, uh, well, you know, overruling them unless it's Mike Tomlin, but they've, they've got control of their, uh, their particular units. And I really liked what I saw.
2: I can't really speak to Austin based on the fact of had the vast majority of his starters were not playing. Uh, So I'm sure they're not going to do much until those guys see the field. In terms of the offense, it felt like to me that Matt Cannon was like, you know what, guys, last year was last year. Let's go out there and let's run the football. Let's really show them what we can do. And we don't have to be exotic in Super scheme specific. We can just go out and be the better football team. And I think they did that. The offense looked good and they had their starters out there, obviously. So that's something to consider as well. Want to get this super chat here. $10 from Andrew Palladino. Thank you very much. The post game trio is back. Steelers football is back. Everything feels a tad different this season, but it's a good different looking forward to it. You guys rock Allegheny, Andy, our buddy, Andy. Thank you very much for the tip. We really appreciate it as always. Uh, let's do some final thoughts here, Dave. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about the game or or what? Go for it.
3: Yeah. Well, the more I thought about it, as Brian was talking with the coordinators, is the the Steelers' offense just felt different. You know, i I don't want to I don't want to knock number seven or anything, but because they had quarterbacks that you know could at least move or shuffle in the pocket and do the things they need to do they weren't it it was great to see quarterback get the ball and not instantly be throwing it as soon as they got it it just felt different I'm not saying it's phenomenal it's one preseason game remember this is one this is one piece of the puzzle of the three that's going to do you know, you got to put everything together. Right now, we're talking about oh, Anthony McFarland, oh, Jalen Warren, oh, B- no, Benny Snell didn't play. He's going to be shipped out of town. We don't know what's going to happen in these other two games. So remember, this is good. This is exciting. This is piece. This is piece one of three. It's got. They got to put it together. These players to have a better idea what's going on in all three. And for all we know, there might be someone who didn't play tonight that we're not sure is going to make the roster or what they're going to do. And they're going to come out and be either great or not so great in these other games. So there's still, remember, there's more data to be gathered before they get down to this 53-man roster. But man, it was just, it was great. It was great to put on the jersey. I'm wearing the, the inverted Bumblebee socks, which instead of gold with black stripes is black with gold stripes i you know i i i got the towels the terrible towels out it was just so great to actually make that transition and get ready for a game it didn't matter that it was preseason it was a wonderful feeling and It's going to be interesting this coming week. We'll talk much more about this on the preview because they're going to be playing a team that's playing their third preseason game. They're on a different Mm -hmm. schedule. Brian mentioned it last week, and that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out next Saturday. But for now, you got to look at the positive. you got to love the offense. Not very encouraged by some of the stuff with the defense, but hopefully that's going to all come into place come September. Brian, final thoughts. Go for it.
0: Dave's absolutely right about, uh, you know, me throwing shade at Ben. And one thing that I don't want to do is diminish what he's done that done here, but we don't want ghosts either. We need Mitch to be Mitch Mason to be Mason and Kenny to be Kenny. And we don't need these guys trying to fill Ben's shoes. We need these guys to be the best possible versions of themselves so I'm really excited about that as well. And I don't want uh, a Hall of Fame career of uh, 18 years of Ben to hang over their heads. I want them to make their own mark. And the, the coordinators have to go ahead and put them in that position too. So they can put their stamp on that as well. One thing that Jeff and Dave mentioned earlier in the show, that it would have been very easy, easy for the Steelers to go ahead and line up for that field goal at the end of the game. I desperately did not want them to do that. They could have very easily won that game with a field goal, but I would have felt a little more hollow than how elated I feel right now. The fact that they won with a touchdown at the end of the game, because there's going to be opportunities where you're down by four and you need that touchdown at the end of the game. And you don't want to line up for that field goal because you can't. So in this position, you have nothing to lose. If that game ends in a tie, that's fine because it's preseason. It does not matter. But what you want to do is you want to be able to maximize and put these guys in position to taste different samples of what they're going to see in the preseason, excuse me, in the regular season. And Kenny Pickett's the guy who needs to taste that more than anybody. And what did they do? They put him in that, that fourth and two situation when it was a two point con- conversion attempt. And he was able to come through. He also came through in what I like to call instead of a, uh, like I just said, instead of uh, just setting up for a field goal, being down by four situation where he came through and they got the winning touchdown and they iced it right there. So it's really cool for me.
2: I said this on my let's ride podcast and I'm going to stick with it. And that is, we can't, we as fans can't be blinded by any result, either one, win or lose. You have to kind of read, read, read the tea leaves, see the forest through the woods, all that those crazy sayings. But still, I think what you want to focus on is how did they play? How did the Steelers play? You can talk specific positions. You can talk about specific players. And I think it's important that, you know, everyone that's out there and right now live, we have over 470 people both on YouTube and Facebook watching us live Understand that at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, we are going to be breaking this game down every which way and sideways, both on the podcast side and on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And so on the podcast side, I just want to remind everyone that's watching live that we have so much more than just our live shows on YouTube and Facebook. We have a whole lineup that's just audio only. You can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, you name it, all for free. Check it out because we're going to have everything covered from this game as they lead up to the next game against the Jacksonville Jaguars next Saturday. So, gentlemen, for Brian, for Dave, I'm Jeff. Thank you all for taking the time. We'll see.